Yeah. It's underrated. It's favorites. It's underrated favorites. It's movies you might have missed. Underrated favorites. If you missed it, if you missed it, if you missed it, hear about it now. And this is where the Gregorian chants come in, like oh, to make it real '90s shit. Hello and welcome to Underrated Favorites. My name is Rooster. Meek and today we actually have a nice little guest on. Guest in the house. Guest, won't you introduce yourself? Hello, I am Truly Vain. Yeah, Truly mm-hmm. is here in the building to talk about our uh, amazing movie that we're going to talk about today. But yes. for those who have never tuned into the pod, just to kind of give a little bit of background, uh, on this pod, Truly, we talk about movies that people might have missed. They're usually movies that are 10 years or older, that didn't get their flowers, maybe deserve their flowers. Maybe they deserve someone standing on a two-story building shouting out, damn it, this movie is amazing. Uh, but it doesn't happen enough. Uh, so the first part, we're going to do a brief spoiler-free kind of talk about the film, and then we'll let the people know that that spoilers are coming and we'll really get into it. Uh, so, Dominique, what's today's film that we're talking about? Yes, so Truly is actually here because it is one of their favorite movies. Um, but our movie for this week is Death Becomes Her. Pow, 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 pow. So, a uh, quick little breakdown of the film Death Becomes Her is a 1992 dark comedy which I also go by um, <laughs> starring Meryl Streep Goldie Hawn Bruce Willis and Isabella Rossellini yeah so Streep and Goldie play oh, duh, Madeline yeah. and Helen <laughs> two shit. petty beefing besties uh, Helen is an inspiring writer and Madeline is a uh, actress uh, on, at the tail end of her family fading career uh, so Madeline has a cold habit of stealing Helen's boyfriends and fiancés uh, and the film begins immediately with her snatching up Helen's fiancé the current fiancé Ernest who was played by Bruce Willis uh, and getting married so life becomes hell for both women and they believe the key to their happiness is a potion for eternal life and beauty sold by uh, Miss Rosalini. Mm-hmm. Uh, so murder plots and hijinks and chaos ensue. That's right. This movie had a budget of $55 million and made $149 million at the box office. International was, box office. Was directed by the acclaimed director, Robert Zemeckis of Back to the Future fame and many other uh, exceptional movies. He's a legend. Um, the reason movie, why it's on this pod yeah. uh, is because of these stats we have. So on IMDb, we see it. It has a rating of 6.6 and a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. So we've had way worse, but this still like aren't good ratings. Um, And just so you know, uh, as of this recording, it is not currently streaming anywhere. But if you happen to listen to this at a later time, it does pop in and out of HBO Max, yeah. now Max. So check for that. Before we skip out of the spoiler free section, uh, we are going to give this movie its rating. Uh, Roost, would you like to break down our ranking system for the peoples? For sure. Our ranking system is a five tiered system at the tippy top. We have underrated favorites, which means this is a film that deserves its flowers it is elite and why more people haven't seen it is a travesty uh after that we have a good but slept on movie 
a solid watch, but for some reason more people didn't catch it. Coming in third here, we have a historically mid film where the film didn't catch fire probably because there were better movies out at the time, but it's definitely worth your attention whenever it's on. Then you have coming in at four, a good bad movie. The movie is bad, but kind of still rings off in the hearts and minds of many who really love that film. Uh, and then last, we have a certified flop where the movie is just bad and we're going to roast it because no one is talking about it and they probably should never talk about it. So before we get into the spoiler section, let's talk about our rankings here. I'm going to start with you truly because you're the guest. Um, out of these top, uh, these five categories, where would you put Death Becomes Her? I mean, I think I am partial to this movie. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like this movie became a gay cult classic and it's June and Pride Month. And so like I am hopelessly devoted to the underrated favorite category. All right. All right. Dominique. I am solidly in that historically mid category mm. just because it is. I feel like um, it is very true to our ranking system um, this month. Like, though it it may have caught in fire with a specific community, like this is the this movie came out the exact same month that A League of Our Own did, mm. Boomerang did, Batman Returns, Sister Act, Buffy the and Vampire Hun Slayer. Yeah. yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie that people forget happened. <laughs> um, but it was and, totally like dark camp, you know, comedy. Oh yeah. Exactly, same category. same category. And like then there were some um, sequels that came out as as well during this time. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Lethal Weapon 3. Underrated. Like, so it was just, it was a stacked release month. Yeah. So yeah. I do really think that it's true in our historically mid-category where like, there were just kind of better movies or more, if you don't want to say better, more like attention catching movies that were out at the same time that spread across the different like communities. We had and black. Where are they now? Um, where are I mean, they now? Everyone still loves Bebe Kids and it came out the same month. So True. that's, but that's um, a specific community as well. <laughs> so, I mean, there's an overlap here. I love that. I love that. So that Bebe's is. Kids, one of the best um, animations. True. Yes. To like yes. grace HBO whenever I was a child and shouldn't have been watching it. <laughs> but um yeah so that's my ranking uh and last but not least lovely roost i am going to put it as kind of similarly to truly like it's an underrated favorite in my heart but i think if i'm being objective i gotta say it's a good bad movie but i th mm. i think it's not robert zemeckis's best i don't think it's meryl streep's best i don't think it's goldie hahn's best i, oh, I don't think it's uh uh bruce Class willis's Act best and beethoven also came out the same month oh, yeah. See, it was it, had, it, was it stood no chance <laughs> no. yeah but um, but but i think good, so bad, good really? bad well no because i realized i always see this movie on at like halfway through or like kind of at the beginning and then I have to leave. Oh, so like I always, sitting through yeah, it was a little bit of a task. Oh yeah. I was like, yeah, I think that's why I've never really gone back and revisited it. I mean, but there's, it has some high of highs, but like, is it because there was so much, other stuff going on. Like, I don't, you know okay, what? I don't want y'all. We. No, I, no, want, no. I think this should be part of our conversation once we get into it. Oh yeah. So no, I do want us it. to take a moment. Um, again, the movie is not currently streaming anywhere, but it is available for rent. It is only three ninety nine. I think it's worth the three ninety nine. Yeah, go back and check it go out. Go back and check it out, and or uh, keep listening. But if you do, just pause and come right back. We're gonna get right now into rewind and pause.
right, so jump right in, truly. So, like, defend your ranking. Or yes, d- let's go talk ahead. about it. Because I agree, I think, wholeheartedly at the top when you mentioned that this is sort of like a very LGBTQ positive film. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, and, and this was this time where you had these subtle movies, like A Buffy has a lot of, of, of sort of underlying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's it? Sapphic? Sephoric? What is the word? It's sapphic, yes. It means lesbian for everyone who didn't know. <laughs> what about phallic? Do phallic next. What does phallic mean? <laughs> but it has a lot of... <laughs> I wish we had video clips. I mean, um, yeah, this microphone. I'm going to take a picture of my microphone so that all these giggles will make sense later. Right. But, yeah, so... Um, Defend your rating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, I mean... It depends on where you want to come at it from. We could do the social thing, which we've already talked on, touched on. But like technically, um, this movie was groundbreaking. I think it got an Academy Award, at least a nomination for um, the special effects. Special effects. Yes, CGI. So, they, so it was like it groundbreaking. It was one of the early that. ones that actually still looks good. Like we have a section to talk about that. But yeah, yeah definitely. And like the scene when Goldie Hawn like pops up out of the Water. bathtub. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, fountain. Fountain. the fountain. Yeah. Yes. And she's got that giant hole blown through her. Like yes. that was revolutionary. You know, and like it was. Meryl Streep's neck, like that scene, it yeah. was unsettling because it was like, it didn't look like super. It looked obviously fake, but not like. It looked like a practical effect. Yeah, Yeah, like it was a standing, like it was like a good mix of practical effect and like early CGI. So I definitely see your point there. I also think that like while you can clock um, the not best work label over some of the cast members, you do have to honor like... (laughs) CGI at that time like that had to be really hard to work with and so that um, Meryl Streep actually owns the fact that like she hated doing that movie because Mm -hmm. of like she would miss her cues or she had to talk to like you know a green screen screen screens you know yeah like she didn't always have her castmates to work with and we we all know that Meryl is like thrives on that yeah she needs that that banter and energy so like yeah, right? Like, she's got to have somebody else that she can beat out on screen. Yeah. Well, I think that goes to one of the points that I'm sure Bruce will get into, because um, he was saying one of his definite highs was the directing mm. on this one because of those, the the hit timings to, yeah. apply, to play through the CGI and the practical effects. Gonna... Yeah, no, I think this, this movie, sometimes I think when people talk about movies nowadays and they say, like, oh, they don't make movies like this anymore, in a weird way I think Death Becomes Her is that kind of movie where it's a dark comedy it's clearly for adults it's it's all about like the banter and sort of the interplay between like Willis, Han and Streep but then also they are all so professional like and I miss actors of this caliber Mm. where they're all hitting their marks like Mm. every single scene and the director Robert Zemeckis shout out to him just is also like just cooking but it's also like flimsy as a plot kind of problematic as a plot which we'll kind of talk about a little bit later Um, but I think that's what really hits me where like Han is going for it. She looks like shit when she comes out of the out of the fountain yeah. <laughs> and like rocks it. Like, and I don't know, I don't even know what the equivalent would be. Actually, it's kind of like the movie that we're sort of excited to see that new uh, Jennifer Lawrence film where she's oh, with the little yeah. the yeah she's trying to like oh that dating movie yes oh, like, yeah, where yeah. she's kind of going situation. for it to like kind of kind of mess herself up, look kind of like make herself a little bit of the joke. You don't really see that too too much anymore from like a list celebrities, mm-hmm. and definitely not like really classically 
awesome actresses and I mean, actors they don't like need to make fun of no themselves anymore. We do it. We True. do it so great with the Twitter. Well, True. It's also because like social media and the fact that like they're like walking gods, people act like now that they like cannot. It's more it's, there's bigger ramifications for it. It lasts longer. Like, but, um, so what's really cooking in this film? Like. Uh, what what really stands out for you? And uh, uh, we'll before go back. we get to before we get to that, okay. I do want to to put in context all of us talking about it. How old? What were you doing in nineteen ninety two? In July nineteen ninety two, I was nine years old, and I remember. When did you? And then tell me what you were doing when it came out, and then when did you first see it? So this no, I saw it when it came out because it oh, was okay. it was a big movie. That like was it, not it, a child's movie. No, no, no. <laughs> but see, that was a thing though, and I think that's also something that we haven't talked about on this pod, but I know I've talked about it with friends. Is like I miss adult entertainment, like how it used to be, where mm. I feel like there were movies like Death Becomes Her or just a lot of others where it's like, yeah, this isn't for children. You know what I mean? Like now everything is sort of like Jurassic Park, Jurassic Parkified, I guess, where it's like. It's yes. This we is. We do not condone. No, no, no. This is. This is. No, no. This is. This is awesome. No, no, no. This isn't condemning Jurassic Park at all. But what I'm saying is, it's like this is an adult, like level science, science fiction acting. Like it's really, fantasy. really pr- fantasy. But because it has the dinosaurs, like kids just are gonna like gravitate towards it. And mm. I think now we go for the PG thirteen of it all, and we go for like everything's PG thirteen. Everything. So like we don't have, I think like just like a Dog Day Afternoon, like Al Pacino type movie, or these mm-hmm. movies where it's like, yeah, these aren't for kids. Like this because adults go to the movie theater and this is what they want to watch. Like now it's all Detective Pikachu. Or well, you I know. think it's also that's that that's uh, you're conflating a lot of things because I feel yeah, like yeah, the yeah. nostalgia machine is also behind that. No, no, no. no. But but what like, I mean was oh, kind of, yes. To answer your question. When I was nine, you completely did not. No, no, no you're right. No, no, yeah, yeah. When I was nine, cut and slide. It was like I didn't have a choice because there was like two televisions in the house and like we didn't oh, have tablets. Yeah. So it's like parents want to watch oh, Death Becomes Her. You're just gonna laugh like, oh, her head is on backwards. Like, it's and a like, cartoon. were your parents the type of parents that like let you watch oh, it? Yeah. They didn't think anything of no, it. No, I they... had the parents that were. Yeah. It's adult time. Go to your room. No, my parents <laughs> play with a toy, read a book. And and as long <laughs> as I didn't ask questions, like, mom, what's flaccid mean? Like they were fine, um, yeah. Like the, and, and you were, were smart enough to go look it up on your own. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Shout out to uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, no. My and mom was a very mm-hmm. much. My parents were very much. Get out of the room. What are you? No, no, adult yeah. time. So and so and it was it caught fire in the sense that like it was it was a dark comedy. I think it also kind of paved the way for other sort of dark comedies uh, that we had later. Um, an example that you're searching for is an example that I'm searching for is a film. I mean, I would totally say like I was gonna say like Meet the Fockers. Yeah, uh, I was okay, going for okay. that category too. Yeah, like yeah. it's a little See, not I don't as, think of dark, that as a dark. Com- yeah, but like w- the jokes are kind of they are adult. The, I guess yeah. yeah. Oh, so truly, how old were you? Uh, how old were you? Or where were you at when this movie came out? July 1992. How dare you how <laughs> dare you ask me my age i this is and where i'm walking out throws the mic down <laughs> and when did you first see this movie um i honestly cannot remember when i first saw this movie i'm totally not answering how old i am okay, <laughs> Fair. okay. but Fair. i was um 
of an age range where I should not have been watching this movie. <laughs> so around the nines? Sure, okay. sure. We'll go around there. Around the nines, okay. Yeah, and you're, like this is where Dominique lets everyone know that she's very young and just saw it for the first time. I did just see it for the first like. So our answers, my no, point no, yeah, is yeah, for yeah, the context yeah, of yeah. literally seeing it this morning before this pod was my first time ever watching this movie. Okay, and okay. I was a literal tagpole and clump of cells when this movie came out. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, like, and so it, that's, I feel like y'all may have a relationship again as we get into talking about no, it. Yeah. Y'all have a relationship that I really don't with this movie. With this movie, I'd say it was entertaining mm-hmm. at parts. I feel like um, just like when we talk about some movies that come around now, there's a lot of like extra time that's dead time. I was like, why did this make the final cut? Why are we sitting here? Do we really need to watch Bruce Willis be all moaning and shit? Like, For like an extra yeah, 10 like, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wasn't even attractive, Bruce Willis. He had all that but hair. But that was and the joke. Looked, yeah, like yeah, that's no, all, but I yeah. get, I get yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. the joke, and so that's just why it's just like this is a these are like can we cut this? Like it's like I know we need, and as I said. I said it several times while watching it was like this movie is such a weird mix of boring and entertaining it's it's, it's, it's definitely a byproduct of that 90s even back into the 80s it's like this and was, 70s. This should have been a sitcom almost. Right. But I think no, that's no, no, why it just doesn't like, cook the way that like, yeah. That weird space of being like entertaining but not is also why you can put it on at any time whenever you mm-hmm. catch it. Oh, and yeah. And catch like it a solid like, 15 and minutes and then walk out. And I think that can be attributed to the director because um, he also did Forrest Gump. Yeah. And so he oh, kind of has this narrative storytelling of Okay, yeah. Like, but I feel like Forrest Gump is on, a higher can, caliber. I mean, sure, like, Forrest Gump no, no, no. came later, right? Yeah, yeah, like, Forrest yeah. Gump okay. came later, yeah. So I guess he, he figured out the formula because there's still, like, even the low points in Forrest Gump, there's still something in there. Mm. You're not just, like, like, because even the part where you're seeing him here. run, like, you're not just seeing him run. There's, like, there's, like, little snippets from history mixed in. Like, there's something to it, you know? And right, I feel yeah, like yeah. there's moments in this movie that just lag. So that's what, like, but outside of that, like, there's highs. Like, the highs are high, and they are mm. very enjoyable, and it's good effects. Like, it's just that those lulls kill me. So, um, what, is there anything that doesn't work for y'all? I, I agree. I think the pacing, but I think that was also the pacing of the time where like mm. movies mm. stretched out. I guess, you know, yeah. never ending story style. Yeah. That is yeah. Well, you know, well, that's because, my equivalent well, well, in this time. Frame. Well, because like, for instance, <laughs> Enter the Spider-Verse 2 came out and like that movie was amazing. But when I think about it, I'm like, that was a long movie that didn't feel long because it just goes and it goes. Okay. And there's we're color. Not talking and there's, about no, this. no, no, no. But Wait. I'm saying in the context of how movies used to be, you would have these sort of drawn out scenes. And I think that was kind of like how you captured an actor is just like Bruce Willis is going to be whining and being pathetic and like we're laughing at him whereas like he's now, like the Jerry for everyone who yeah. watches Rick and Morty this whole movie is him being Jerry yeah on the, the timing and pacing thing though I also want to acknowledge like in our wiring of being humans we are and you just admitted like you're a tadpole in the viewership of this time frame of movies <laughs> and storytelling right like um our attention spans have gotten much shorter True. so okay. like storytelling back then i think it was on pace for how we paid attention there was no tiktok in 30 yeah. second swipe your thumb and scroll so like the attention span of people was also longer they wanted to be entertained they wanted to make sure to get their bang for their buck when they went to the movie i hear that yeah yeah and yes. i think it, i think you would also 
potentially, I don't want to say I completely agree with what I'm about to say. I think you could potentially like hurt the audience's uh, time to spend with like um, Meryl Streep. Because can we talk about how dope Meryl Streep is in this movie? Always. Yes. Like this Always. is pretty devil wears Prada Street, but she's so petty. Yeah. Such yeah, an like asshole. It- and like, but I mean, has she it. ever done anything that she didn't kill? Like, uh, no, I mean, that's why I honestly think she's the greatest actor of all time. Yeah, like she I totally, even while she didn't like doing the role, she still sold it to cult classic longitude, right? Like yeah. this thing has outlasted Everyone many of those other is. movies that opened at the same time. True. Um, and then I would also say that, like, I think you can talk about how maybe the story's a little bit flimsy at parts, but again, it's just sort of one of those dark, weird, wacky comedies of the time. Like, like uh, I would compare it to almost like, um, it's like night. Fright night. Fright night. Yeah. I think, yeah. So I think, mm. I think that de- death becomes her. Yes. Have you seen Fright Night? <laughs> you should. Super hard. That's definitely an underrated yeah, favorite. That's, that's on is he list. naked in this movie? Does uh, he get no, naked? There's no that's naked. That's why I've never seen it. No, but it's kind of mm-hmm. in that same vein of like the joke is, oh, like we're gonna ogle Colin Farrell for an entire movie because he's a sweaty hunky Absolutely. vampire, and it's like who hasn't really wanted that? This and is now it's like here. the Rob Pat before Rob Pat. No, one thousand percent. Yeah, like yeah, but but that's that's what I mean. It's like this dark Less comedy, refined yeah. and lovingly so. Yeah, yeah. Again, this was just, just that era of time where if you go to the 1980s Fright Night, it drags a lot too because it was mm. just the pacing of the time. And like to Truly's point, like people had those attention spans. I where think it was two also to were... give time for bathroom breaks. I mean, if we're being completely I mean, honest, yeah, yeah. I think. So, um, so, um, is there anything that could have helped? Do you think that there should there were any like different casting choices that should have been made, or did they just need I a bigger some. budget for y'all that's solid and I have mean, a longer relationship with it? For me, like again, defending my point of like tier ranking, like perfect. no, it was Bruce Willis, said it was perfect. Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn in the nineties, like they were I the A list. I feel like Bruce Willis should have been Tom Hanks. I feel like it would have been way funnier. See, no, that's now Mm. you're cooking. Because see, that's where I was going to come at it. I think Bruce Willis. I feel like that was a miscast. It wasn't. He he, he he didn't do bad. He did not do poorly. I just feel like someone else, especially with this. I feel like this could have been a Bill Murray role and he could have been shooting right there with Meryl. Like, uh, that's what I'm saying. I I feel like Bill Murray's not attractive enough. And bring back that whole like little this guy was like, I hear Bruce Willis, but I'm talking about this character. Bill Murray definitely could have played this character. Especially like, at that time. I mean, or the other juice. guy, um, the one that was also Dan in Aykroyd? Ghostbusters. Billy Crystal. No, Bat- Dan Aykroyd. Dan I think Aykroyd could have done it. I think that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah. No. No, I, 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 I kind of said it, but I think Rick Moranis could have played it great, bringing back that um, little Pet Shop of Horrors <laughs> vibe. Um Kind of being yes, Dan Aykroyd was who I was talking about. Yeah, um, I think, but he could have brought he's got some actual chops. comedy instead of just being the butt of everything. Like even Jerry's funny sometimes. Yeah, the like, problem he was Rick just Moranis like, was in uh, Honey I Blew Up the Baby at the time, so he was unavailable. 
Uh, is he the one from the? He's also horrors? on Ghostbusters. Wait, did they blow up the baby or? Yes, all the kids? that is him. Yes, 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 yes. Um, that's the one. Like, because he was um, like my relationship with him is him being Barney Rubble. Yeah, yeah. He could have so. played. He could have played. He could have killed it. He would have killed this role, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like if they like, because the two leading ladies were killing it, putting their all in it, and I just feel like Bruce Willis like couldn't. He was looking for a helicopter to jump off. Especially like, he didn't at the Especially at the end when like, like it, it, when he's extra pathetic and um but then like stands Isabella on Rosalini like, yeah, is like you drink it now and then like he changes his attitude at the last second twice like yeah. when he's hanging on to the ledge it's like he he doesn't have that emotional depth exactly. as an actor so where I'm just so like that's oh. what could be due to though there's an alt ending right like the narrative that you hear or mm. watch of Bruce Willis's character is not the ending that we saw we see in the movie there's a different parallel story for the guy happening Mm. also what's the share with us bruce willis actually ends up with another woman and goldie and meryl see him happy married with a new woman who is played by tracy ullman oh nice shout out to tracy ullman and simpsons fame yeah that's the you know so like him being he he was supposed to be more of a the the male figure comes out ahead and they are left shaded hating each other for the rest of eternity mm. getting uglier every day. See, but that kind of segues into problematicville. So yeah, well whatever it is, they're riding off into the sunset and the man is happy and the women are left shaded and I feel like that's still struggling happened. with their vanity, right? Like yeah, exactly. Like the story <clears throat> is just still we the didn't same. Focus on they didn't give it as much time. So I think, but I mean, like, that's really, at the end of it, I had a moment where I was just like, who the fuck am I supposed to be rooting for? Because, like, throughout most of it, I was rooting for Goldie Hawn. Um, because Why are you picking sides, though? Well, because it's almost because like a bridesmaid. Because fuck a bitch who makes a point to go steal every boyfriend and fiance you have. Yeah, fuck that bitch. I want to be her ass. Like, instead of sitting around crying and getting fat. No. Okay, I'm going to be her ass, that get my we've man back, and moment. then get fat. Like... <laughs> No, people get caught. I don't think this was a fat phobic thing. I think there was like Meryl's reaction to her and then doing the cat lady thing. Like people get complacent. People get sad. Like that is a thing. Like weight gain. Weight gain in moments of depression is common. I don't feel like it's problematic for that to have happened. The imagery of it with her like also becoming a cat lady and getting dragged away by the police. Like that is the problem. Yeah, like that is the well, she had obsessive behavior and was like plotting death. So, I mean, mental health. I'm glad she didn't. She should have. She was a person of color. She would have ended up in jail. There. So, I'm glad she ended up in an insane asylum. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, I feel like it's just very pertinent to the narrative. You know, it's kind of like that whole you got to boil some bunnies in the pot to move the storyline along. Mm-hmm. I've never you gotta heard show that you're phrase. crazy a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Because you've never seen Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Oh, okay, there we go. I, I agree. I think I think the other problematic kind of at the core of this film, and it's interesting because when you when you criticize this film or like give a, a critical like uh, reception to this film through like the queer lens, I think it takes a completely different turn, and it's actually less problematic. Mm-hmm. But when you kind of just look at it on its face, 
Death Becomes Her is really a, it, it seems like it's written by a man and it's the whole joke is like women be vain don't they yeah, yeah. yeah. women be crazy bitches be crazy that's like really and yeah like, and yeah. then and then it still ends with Bruce Willis coming up out on top yeah he got to live he lived a full life, life his accolades he went back to medicine he got clinics named after him life, and shit life began for him at 50 yeah and so it's sort and of this fuck thing that, cause that still stands cause people's in the way that people talk about women aging and men aging yeah. still and men have men the midlife have crisis a and they and go they get like out. a twink girlfriend or whatever yeah like they go and they True. get a, a younger version of their previous woman or wife and get to have a second family mm. a whole second life and women are left with the crumbs of the first life and so i feel like that's still problematic like yeah i mean like i'm in no way defending any of it because like you know the the fat shaming with the bodysuits right like we had that conversation later when like shallow hal comes out and like people mm. really took issue with like are we really doing the bodysuits and the fat shaming and mm. using that as a contrast from like a stress character to a character yeah like so uh, uh ugly duckling yeah but i also think they're like and this is why the director and the writing and for me like the longevity of the film and the cult classic stands is like underneath that is a moral that like why why are y'all going at each other why do women do that for the man to get away with it and come out on top chop his legs off you know keep him in a box somewhere and force him to do do cosmetic surgeries on you until the end of times right like yeah. You can force feed him the potion if he doesn't want to take it. Well, Just no, hold his see, nose until he opens his mouth. That's what is I what I thought was going to happen when Godi Han first came back. I thought she wanted to kill both of them, which I ride with. Like because right, she yeah, turned they both. both gotta go. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she turned to both of them and was like, "It wasn't you. It was her. It wasn't you. It was him." I thought it was going to be fuck both of these bitches. I'm gonna get them into a car and I mean, light maybe this Ernest had some real like, good dick. Like maybe Ernest no. had some. Oh, no, no, no. Why he had the dirty no. nerdy doctor thing going on? Like he could no. totally do cosmetics. Well, really came at him for his lack of yeah. virility. Flaccid, flaccid. <laughs> yeah, she was what really, does this mean, Mom? Yeah, she was really kicking at, it, at that at him with that. But so another thing though. Um, <laughs> she really did. I'm sorry. I'm just like it's seeing the scene in my head. Flaccid. I mean, he's trying to talk, and she's just like flaccid. But um, we have a section where we talk about should a remake happen? Uh, but a remake is happening. What? Yes, yeah, I heard it's about been that. confirmed, and Ugh. it's a. Um, I believe it's Jessica Chastain. I don't know if they've chosen the other and Anne Hathaway. Jessica I Chastain. I knew it was going to be Anne Hathaway. Of course, it's going to be like Anne Hathaway, it. and she's going to be Goldie Hawn's character. Yes, we um, already know. Is Jessica like, Chastain and Anne Hathaway are not Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn? I'm they're not. But Anne Hathaway like, can uh, fill the shoes. I don't know about Jessica Chastain. Look, we talked about earlier, like how there, you know, there's been this deviation of storytelling from like the movies we used to consume to now. And I really feel like I am on a different planet when I look at all these remakes of movies we've already seen and been like, where's the writing? Why it's are not, y'all not coming up with new stories? <laughs> they're on strike. And we stand with them. <laughs> yeah, we well, do. Fuck, fuck everything. I mean, the strike is relatively recently. They've been oh, remaking yeah. all these movies since, like, what, Transformers? And, like, mm-hmm. before, you know, just the remake And that thing, goes back to I'm the nostalgia machine. There's... Leave my cult classics alone. 
Yeah, I, mean, I actually feel like this is. I have. I feel like. Um, would you be happy? Would you not stand by that if they lean into more of a queer lens? Would that make up for it being a remake? No, not at all. I feel like that's kind of gay baiting. Let's like, see, don't try to pander to me. I don't know. I gotta ask a lesbian. You're also a gay man. <laughs> a lesbian might be like, "Fuck it, yeah." So I mean. Sure, I can't speak for the lesbians. I just know, leave my cult classics alone. Like, I'm going to shit a kitten whenever they try to remake Rocky. <laughs> Wait, are they going to do Have you heard that they're trying to no, do No, but they better okay, not. Okay, they better not. Wait, did y'all have any other comments about... Uh, a possible remake and is it or is it just like no period i just don't like those two specifically really who no. would be your choices i know you're not particularly a fan of her because she's popping up in everything but i think this is why she would work florence Pugh. she is popping up in everything but i actually think Who's she's that? got acting chops no she does have chops i just feel like she's being overused she really is well because she keeps getting florence Pugh. she's from midsommar yeah, Florence Pugh. And um, that yeah, Darling, sorry, whatever. Darling, okay. don't worry, whatever. Yeah. I would go with like Florence Pugh and then I would go, you know who should play the Meryl Street role? Um, Scarlett oh, Johansson. Also, oh, wait, 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 Right there. She's 27 years old. No, but Goldie Hawn was like in, like, there are... They well, weren't old. Oh, no, that's right. Because they they're literally aging 50. actresses with the complex no, about one vanity. Of them, you one of them was... Well, but see, I think if you're going to remake it, I think it's also, like, twisted Well, because they were supposed bit. to be 52. So yeah. you are... You are you Which are, I believe yeah. Meryl Streep was in her 50s. Or I think late Scarlett. I think Scarlett's in her late 40s, so she, she, could, she would she be rock. a solid oh, pick for that. could do it. That's what, yeah, that's what he said. Scarlett Johansson is the... No, I don't know about that. I was going to say Scarlett and maybe Jennifer Gardner? <gasps> no, she's. She, I think she's a little too. She, but see, I think no. I don't. I wouldn't play. Actually, you know who exactly would be good the if they could get her to come back? Who? Fucking Ben Affleck's ex-wife, Jennifer Gardner. No, that's her. Yeah. Okay, I thought she was another Jennifer. There's like 15 was really Jennifers and fucking all. Like it was Jennifer one. Shout and, um, out to anyone named Jennifer who listens to the pod who just caught a stray. <laughs> what? There's so many actresses. Jennifer Lopez. Look at this. Look, oh, Jennifer it, Connelly. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Holland. Jennifer like yeah. So the one from 13 going on 30. get out of acting. <laughs> God damn it. See, I, I feel see... like she would be a good pig to go against. Can you look up how old Scarlett Johansson she's, is? Yeah, she's like. Both... I think she's like 47. They're, yeah, they're, they're in the. Oh, she's 38. Okay. She, I, just... I mean, but I feel uh, like she, she could totally do it. She's younger than me. Yeah, uh, she, she could totally do not... it. Yeah. It's crazy. I feel old. If she we're got still going neck. to stay in this universe oh. where we're remaking movies. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, let's uh, let's kind of talk about some quotes that, though, stood out to us throughout the movie. Oh, uh, while you're looking, I have one that I thought was a good little like I f it came early in the movie. The wrinkled, wrinkled little star. Hope oh, they yeah. never see the scars. <laughs> like, yeah. I felt like that was a good yes. little like, you know, foreshadowing uh, moment. So, the moment when she like snaps at him when she's like. Asking the pool boy or, you know, the little side piece that she goes down to the pool house. And oh, he's, and he's like, get someone your own age. <laughs> no, but when she's like asking him and she's like, do you have somebody? And he's trying to stammer through it. And she's like, oh, at least lie quickly. Oh, he's yeah. like, I trying. love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. where she's like, Let's was... just be honest about this shit. No, You're wasting I my time. I love him yeah. being like, I'm trying. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. yeah. that, that is great. what it's like dealing with young men. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I really wonder if he like his "I'm trying" thing was like a reactionary thing of just being yelled at by Meryl Streep because right. that's probably it was probably unscripted. 
Oh, I totally have a note on like Illuminati references, right? The Ankh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like represented above the the potion. She married a brilliant surgeon and turned him into an undertaker. I feel like that was a shout out to men who really felt like it, this, like though this was definite, this was meant to be like a full family moment. I feel like this movie was just in the way like it's for women and like the entertainment of Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep going back and forth. But it also was for men in the like, you poor victim. Like basically like that whole talk that Goldie Hawn gives to Bruce Willis to get him on Back. her side like i feel like that was a that's a shout out to all men and you're like she's the one who made you not reach your potential it's not you fuck accountability like and i then, feel like that was like there were so many middle-aged men who went and jerked off thinking about that moment probably i mean i can't speak for middle-aged men like that but <laughs> there was also this moment that i caught um re-watching it and prepping for this because i haven't seen mm -hmm. the movie in years yeah but um when Meryl Streep ends up like in the morgue, mm -hmm. right? And he he goes like, oh my God, she's going to be so mad. And then he takes off down the hallway to like go rescue her out of the body bag, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like that moment actually kind of captured in some weird Marriage? twisted way. Like he loved her. Like mm -hmm. that would be your moment to be rid of her if you really wanted to. Everybody assumes she's dead. She's already in the morgue. She's already in the bag. And instead his reaction was like, oh, let me go save her. Sure. I think this was sort of a precursor to like what simp behavior would be now. See, I think simp, like, no, because they call things simp now that Punk are ass bitch simp. We'll call it like, that. Like, there's a difference because I feel like simp is just you care, caring about your partner. Um, but I, it's, think I it's, agree with you. Like, I, I read it as so fear. But, well, but, going, but going to your point earlier, I and I completely agree with it, like, it's all his fault. Like, it's like you literally chose her. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, he yeah, chose like, the the over-romanticized fantasi fantasy version of her where she was still a star mm -hmm. and not a star on the way out. But it's like, yeah, well, no, like, he's, he's, he's an abused husband, quote-unquote, but he's not really abused. It's like, you, cho you chose he's your partner. Deserving. You chose to he's leave the yeah, girl you who yeah, loved you, deserted, you for yeah. her friend. And you like, deserve worse. And you yeah. don't deserve a happy ending, Bruce Willis. And that's why that goes back film. to why I say kill but them both. Bruce Willis. Because, like, I've, you, don't, you can't just be mad at your girlfriend. Like, the fact that it's a pattern is what makes it dirty for the girl but to be mad at the girl. But if we killed them both, then we wouldn't have no movie. Well, here's a question for y'all. And the bitch would have been happy. Here's a question That's for you. That's an episode she of Snaps. <laughs> and the bitch would have known because they get caught in Snaps. She was already immortal. She was already living her best life. She should have just murdered them both and then moved, faked her death with them, murder suicide, and then been like hopping around Europe, all immortal and sexy, like. That's the life. That is the life. And, and this like, is why it was kind of like antiquated for the time because like at the time, yeah, I was like, oh my God. Like that's, I, that's I think it's also song. like people were like not alone. People were like living off their husbands more than oh, two. Yeah, for sure. So it was like, I'm like glad there was like, a it's a security way. that you've snatched, yeah. not just a person. I will also capture a moment where therapy. like, um, at yeah, the shout out to therapy and shout out to not listening to your therapist because her therapist, she really cut her therapist right off and was like, eliminate? Eliminate? That makes oh, yeah. sense. <laughs> oh, okay. she's, and like, she's like, eliminate your right. friends. And she's like, eliminate. You need to eliminate your fear. Eliminate. I need to eliminate. And then everything happens. Tunnel vision. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. 
<laughs> it was really good for her. She lost all the weight. You know, she got rid of the cats. She became goal oriented. I Put fully out her support book, it. Finally, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you and know, that's she why I said boxes. she should have just killed both of them. Happy ending. Yeah. Let's wrap this up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's so much more. We have to do a sequel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we revisit it after they release maybe yeah after that's something we were thinking about so everyone listening um we are in our preteens now this is officially our 11th episode and we are thinking about branching out and doing a couple things so we're thinking about maybe talking about remakes and originals because there's a lot of those happening Mm -hmm. that is very uh valid um so if you have any suggestions of any sort of bits or extras that you would like to hear from us Mm -hmm. uh be sure to uh Leave a comment. Leave a comment or hit our DMs. We're on IG at Underrated Favorites Pod. Uh, And uh, we just love you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Coming soon on video and DVD. Next week, what's uh, what's coming down the the pipe? Next week, we are going to be looking at the sci-fi thriller, The Knowing. Yeah, yeah. Underrated favorite. Could be just another horribly bad movie, but we give it burn because... Well, we figure out, we are revisiting and re-examining. So shout out to Nicholas Coppola. Shout out to Bruce Willis and and his health. I hope Bruce is doing better. Yeah, shout out. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Meryl Streep. And shout out to Truly for joining us on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much. Bye. Find me on Instagram at TrulyVane, V-A-Y-N-E. Yep. This has been Mm -hmm. a Gemini's production. Uh, Chibi on the board. I am Rooster. And I am Neek. And we are so happy uh, to be in this time with you. I hope you enjoyed the show. Underrated Bye. favorites. Underrated. Underrated.